0: Portions of the following program were pre recorded. This is a season that simply has been one of Dodger domination. LA's home for the NL West champion Dodgers.
1: KLAC, KYSR, HD2, Los Angeles.
0: AM 570. in LA sports icon.
1: Fred Rogan is here tonight.
0: Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. i the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Mike. A USC All American. USC's Rodney Peep. An NFL quarterback back absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney, Rodney Pete. Pete available on the
2: iHeartRadio app or on am 570 LA Sports.com.
1: this is Rogan and Rodney alright let's do it on the Friday show Fred Rogan Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports uh, Dodger tickets every hour every hour so somebody is winning Dodger tickets this hour we will give you the cue to call don't start calling it's too soon We've been it's on the air for so 28 seconds. Don't start calling. But when we give you the cue to call, call. And you'll have a chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Dodgers take on the St. Louis Cardinals the 25th out at the stadium. Every hour, now you know, be ready for it. Uh, okay, Amazon Thursday Night Football last night, their opening presentation. A lot of people talked about it on social media. If I'm to be fair yeah. and honest, I watched the game on Channel 11. Because the way this works is Amazon has the rights to the games and they're streaming the games and they spend a lot of money for the rights. But what they do is they offer any station in the market that is willing to pay the opportunity to carry it on what is now called linear TV broadcast TV channel 11 bought that and you buy it on a game by game basis. I think it's like $250,000, which you can never make back if you buy it by the way, but they bought it. They aired it. That's where I watched it. You did. Yeah. Uh, overall, a couple of things. There were people on social media that complained. If you were watching it on Amazon, the streaming platform, which gave you many more options than if you watched on broadcast TV, Chuck Henry was telling me last night, he was watching it on Amazon prime and you could control every camera. So if you wanted to watch the play from the end zone camera, you just hit the button and you could do it. There was something where if you, if you wanted your own replay, you could do that as well so you could control your own broadcast if you were so inclined it's like you were your own production truck wow i did not know that yeah that's what he told me i just watched it did you watch it was, on amazon doing, or did you I was watch doing
3: it? a million different things but i watched yeah on amazon okay I watched what, it on amazon
1: what'd you think of the quality i thought it was okay i mean the streaming because yeah. some people were complaining <laughs> yeah. on on social media yeah, it kept buffering. There was a couple of sticky points. Yeah,
3: there, there were a couple of sticky points. Yeah, which uh, you know, I I kind of I kind of was prepared for it, so I didn't I didn't go overly crazy when it there would be some sticky situations in the game. When I say sticky pauses or buffering, what you want to call it, I didn't go overly crazy. Um, but I think first time out of the gate for them doing this, it was okay. It was entertaining. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, was entertaining. Richard Sherman, those guys. He was good um Tony Gonzalez, I think they and, and Carissa I think they they did a good job on on setting the game up a lot of different people on that show um I actually liked um you know they obviously tried to do some some different stuff with with the guys Richard Sherman walking with uh, Derwin James uh, when they arrived and walking to the locker room kind of a candid interview that they had it was kind of cool um so it was it was all right it's all right for me. I wasn't. I, I guess I went in with a, a real open mind, unlike uh, a lot of folks who just went in there ready to critique.
1: I thought it was great. I thought they did a wonderful job. I thought the production was really good. One thing that caught me, Kevin mentioned it this morning, and, and I would agree, uh, for the game broadcast, the audio mix was off. So you didn't really get a sense of the atmosphere. You couldn't really hear the crowd. And the crowd we know in Kansas City is loud, one of the loudest yeah. places to play. You didn't right. get that sense. And that's just watching
3: it on channel 11
1: on channel 11. Oh no, not at all. No, no. It sounded like, uh, Al and Kirk Street were sitting in a booth somewhere. Really? Yeah. And the booth was not there. Like they were sitting as, as Petros does Fox football, college football, you know, he and Alex Faust are sitting here in Pico Boulevard. Yeah. In a broadcast booth. And they're calling the game. If the audio mix is proper, you can't tell the difference. Those guys were there, and I didn't think the audio mix was great. I'm sure that's something they'll look back on and tweak a little bit. I actually thought Kirk Herbstreit was pretty good. Yeah. I had no idea what to expect, but I thought he did a good job.
3: He had it too, um, and, I, and I like him. I like him obviously doing the the college game day and football uh, when he does the Saturday night games. Uh, he does a great job, and he's very knowledgeable, and uh, the transition that, that he had to make from college to pro, I think was seamless. I think he did a great job too.
1: Yeah, Al Michaels was great. He's Al Michaels. Al's Al.
3: You know, Al's going to do his thing.
1: Yeah. So overall, I I give it a pretty good mark. I think I give it a higher mark than some of the people on social media did last night. What, What do you think, Kevin? Because the reaction was mixed or it was more negative? I'd probably say it would skew more towards negative, but there are some positive
2: views out there. You mentioned what Chuck Henry told you about all the interactive stuff, which was really cool and different things that you can only do at least as of now when you are streaming and not over the air TV. So that was cool. I like you Fred, by the way, watched it on channel 11. I did not stream it. So I can't really personally speak to, you know, what that experience was like. I will, you know, next weekend moving forward unless the Rams and chargers are playing again. But from just a presentation standpoint, other than the audio issue that you just brought up, I thought it was excellent.
1: Yeah, and for and those people that struggled with the buffering or, you know, it kind of stops for a minute and gets a little hazy and then it comes back. Uh, you go, well, they got to work on that. You know, the technology should afford that not to happen. If you watch ESPN Plus or you watch mm-hmm. any games on Peacock, that doesn't happen. Right, right. You know, or the MLB game app, which you can get, which we have at our house. We watch a lot of the stuff online. Yep. From yep. out of market. That yep. doesn't happen. Right. So that's a, a them. That's on them. <laughs> that's a them problem. Yeah, that's a them problem that yeah. they've got to correct. All right. What'd you think of the game overall?
3: Uh I, I thought it was kind of as as expected. You know it was going to be close. Um, I think the first half um it was it was a little slow. I think it was so much anticipation for this to be a shootout. And it, and it wasn't that in the first half that uh, it, it moved a little slow, but you could kind of feel—at least I could feel—this game kind of building up, and then and, and you knew something there was going to be some fireworks in the second half, which there were. Um, but I think it was a good early matchup in the AFC West uh, th- to let everybody know that this is indeed. I think after the first two weeks, I think it's not even close that this is the best division in the NFL, and you had two of the top teams in the division going at it. So I, um, I I thought it lived up to to the hype of the game itself, um, but the Chargers let one get away. Yeah. Chargers let it get away.
1: Yeah, they did. It's frustrating. Yeah. And, you know, as I said, it was a gutsy performance by Justin Herbert. It was a gutsy performance by Justin Herbert. It was. You can't deny that. Yes. I mean, that guy laid it all out there, hitting the ribs. You could tell he was in pain, continued on. You could tell he was in pain, had a chance to run and pick up a first down, didn't want to get hit and threw the ball away. You knew he was in pain. Next thing you know, he picked up a fourth down, then he throws a touchdown pass. I mean, he really is a remarkable player and he's having an MRI on his ribs. The x-rays were negative. Rodney, you know, as a quarterback, you know how painful rib injuries are. Uh, the MRI will drill down on that and they'll find out exactly how badly he's hurt. And if he's got ribs, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah,
3: but the thing is with the, with the ribs, it's, it's one of those things where MRI doesn't matter. It really doesn't because it, it's about how you feel. You know uh and there's not much you can do from bruised ribs to crack ribs it's just not it's not really anything you can do um it's really about how you feel and how you can withstand the pain and they're not fun to, to, you know depending on the seriousness of it they are absolutely not fun and especially for a quarterback that's gotta gotta use those types of motions that involve your core and your ribs and your stomach muscles and all of those things it becomes extremely difficult for a quarterback to to perform and perform at a high level. Um, so uh, we we will see how, how it goes to, as the week goes on. And thank God they have you know a little few extra days for him. Um, but playing with bad with bad ribs is not fun because the next outing, if they're not you know depending on how severe they are, the next outing as soon as you get touched and it's back to square one. You know, and that keeps happening week in and week out um, with with bad ribs. So this break here is going to be the probably the longest break, other than the bye day they have at some point during the season, be the longest break. And he's got to take advantage of getting and doing all the treatment necessary to get it back to feeling as good as possible, because he's not going to have this kind of long break throughout the rest of the season, other than that bye.
1: You say uh, you felt they let one get away. Okay. Yeah. Here was the moment that I thought really changed the tempo, And and let's also keep in mind the Chargers lost a couple of offensive linemen. All right. So that made protection a problem for Justin Herbert. But the problem came, in my opinion, on that interception at the goal line. Yeah. That's what turned the game around. And when you dig a little deeper into it, uh, he was throwing at Gerald Everett. And as you watched it looked like Everett turned the wrong way or the ball was thrown to the wrong side. Okay, upon further review, here's what you learn. Everett had caught passes on the two previous plays. He wanted out of the game. His ankle was bothering him. So he wanted out. He didn't even want to be in there. Now, he said this. But because they were in this up-tempo offense and kept moving, there was no chance for him to get off the field. All right, so he ran the route. Did he run it 100%? Did he turn the wrong way? He didn't want to be out there. And the result was that interception that was returned for a touchdown and basically turned the game around. Uh, When you were playing and your receivers, were were there ever guys that tried to get off the field but they couldn't get off the field? Did they say to you in the huddle, hey, man, don't throw it to me. I'm hurt. I'm this. I'm that. Because I think that was a pretty honest admission from Everett. I wanted out, and I couldn't get out. And then that happened. Now we know he should have got out. He should have got off the field. But they were in this up-tempo situation, and Brandon Staley said they were just unlucky. Just unlucky in that situation. When you hear that, what do you think? I hear the whole world making excuses. (laughs) That's what I hear.
3: And it's like okay, so he wanted out, so he was banged up, so he's tired. I mean, it happens during the course of a of any football game. Had this been someone else, it had been Kyler Murray or or uh, whoever else that, that does not, you know, people don't love, then it would have been all about the bad throw. It wouldn't have been about this, oh, let's dive deeper into whether Everett was tired or or his ankle was bothering him and all those things. It would have been all on that quarterback. But because it's Justin Herbert and he's such a well-liked kid, even you right here giving him a pass. I mean, the first thing is uh, you can't turn the ball over, period. In that situation, you can't turn the ball over going in to score in the fourth quarter of that game with 10 minutes left to go. Can't do it. See the throw and and so yeah all those things are a factor but but again if it's not justin herbert and some of the other guys in the league everybody's coming down on the quarterback and made a bad throw so uh, you gotta you gotta have it you can't have it both ways you got to call like you see it so so yes okay let's break that down yes he may have had a bad ankle wanted to come out of the game he didn't he's in there so when you're in there you, you got to play and you got to run the route The way the quarterback looks at a a position or particular play like that is they look at the leverage of the defensive back. And the leverage of the defensive back is he's on the outside. As Everett turned around, he's on the outside of Everett. So you are throwing it away from the defender, which is to the inside. Herbert threw it to the inside, and Everett didn't anticipate it coming to the inside and kind of stepped to the outside, which allowed a gate uh, for Watson, I think his name was, the defensive back to step in front and pick it off and go to the house. Um, so it was a lot of things going on in that, in that Herbert and Everett weren't on the same page at the top of that route, at the end of that route, in terms of through it inside, outside. This is how, this is how minute and how detailed certain things are when it comes to football. It's throwing it on. We hear people throw back shoulder, upfield shoulder, left shoulder, low, high. Those things matter. And all this talk about uh, arm strength for quarterbacks is so and you hear Colin talk, he's got a big arm he's got a big. it has nothing to do with playing quarterback. Most quarterbacks can, can throw the football, you wouldn't be there you wouldn't be in the NFL. It is about anticipation and it is about accuracy, which makes good quarterbacks great um, and so in that particular situation, he anticipated Everett going one way or at least shuffling or leaning towards the inside and he didn't and the defense back jumped it to the inside. He guessed a little bit as well, so you got to give a lot of credit to 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 Watson, defensive back, who jumped that route and played it perfectly because he almost baited Herbert to throw it inside, knowing he was going to come back inside and pick it off. So, you know, hats I got to go off to him. But as far as Herbert, you got to you got to also see that throw all the way through in that situation going into score in the fourth quarter. You can't uh, you can't turn it over in that particular situation.
1: All right, so that was a big moment in the game. And you say, well, you know, they let one get away. What else, in your opinion, caused I think it? they
3: dominated the game, I, I, especially in the first half. I, I felt like they dominated the game and didn't come away with as many points as they should have. Um, and I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but they, they they did in terms of yardage, in terms of moving the ball. They moved the ball at will, Fred. Up and down the field on the on the Chiefs, and it should have been ahead further because you knew. And Patrick Mahomes said it. They kind of let us hang around, hang around, hang around, and then we get a couple big plays, and now we're ahead. And then the interception happens. Now you're playing from behind in Kansas City with that crowd. Uh, it's a tough uphill battle. So I, I just think that the the, the the Chargers outplayed the Chiefs. And the Chiefs stole one as opposed to the the Chiefs went out and won it or they they outplayed the Chargers and they were the better team that day. I think the Chargers were were the, clearly the better team last night. And the Chiefs stole that game from the Chargers.
1: What do you think of the pass interference call? Chargers interception. Uh, they're called for pass interference. Brandon Staley said after the game, I thought it was offensive pass interference. I watched it. I didn't think it was interference on anybody.
3: I think it was a no call.
1: That, that's what I'm saying.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a no-call, and, and you get caught up into these situations because every ref calls it differently, and they call it differently in the game. And so you get used to playing a certain way as a defensive back and as a receiver, but, you know, in critical situations, I I like to, the refs to err on the side of letting them play. Let them play through it, and I didn't think it should have been calling that either way.
1: That was another big moment in the game. Yeah. All right, well, they went to Kansas City. They they fought the good fight. <laughs> Rodney, what do we get? A trophy, a
3: participation trophy. Yeah, what are we trophy? doing? What are we doing? You're so adamant about them going in to win the game, Fred. I know. And then you come back today and say, "Oh, they fought hard. They played tough. They got a moral victory. Is that what they got, Fred?"
1: I was look. I was no. disappointed. I actually felt like I had something invested in the game, and I was disappointed watching it.
3: What were you disappointed in? They lost. Just the, the overall outcome, or were you disappointed? Watching that game, did you feel like, because I, I I did. I felt like, it just felt like me as the game went on. It's like, man, this game's only 10-7? Yeah, they, you know, why are the Chargers not ahead of this game? I
1: found, then they're behind. You're like, why are they behind? I found myself during the game early on, because you're right. I thought they won the battle. They did dominate the way the game was being played. But I knew I was in trouble watching when I started to think, oh, God, no, no, don't let Mahomes get the ball. Don't let him get the – when my mind went to that, I thought the Chargers are in trouble now because they had not put as many points on the board as they could have. And then you could see Mahomes able to elude and evade the rush. And you thought – and I got to tell you, no know Tyreek Hill. Whoever played for them looked like they were as fast as Tyreek Hill. Those guys were little and They were flying. So whether he was there or not, they found guys that were really fast that could play wide receiver. Well, they got they
3: got a they got a fast team. Yeah, you but know, Hardman is is as fast as anybody. Not quite Tyreek Hill fast, but he's he's close to him. When they got him, he was like this guy can run too. Um but I think it it's making and gonna make Patrick Mahomes even more dangerous. Because he's going to spread the ball around. As you see, I think nine or ten different guys caught the ball yesterday for, for the Chiefs. He's gonna spread the ball around more and he's gonna extend plays more. More guys are gonna get involved as opposed to them. Let's dial it up for Tyreek Hill, let's go deep and let's focus on him, which got him in trouble a lot of times because he would force the ball to Tyreek Hill, knowing that, you know, fifty fifty, he's gonna make a big play and go sixty yards for a touchdown. Which, you know, as a quarterback, you love that luxury. But I think now he's forced to go through the right progressions and get to the guys that are actually open and not force the ball to one particular person. So I think he's going to become even more dangerous now that Tyreek Hill is not there.
2: Before we check out of here, can I give props to my man Rodney Pete for being very humble in this entire situation? Because yesterday, I believe it was during the haiku, he gave a prediction saying that the Chargers and Chiefs would be very close and the Chiefs will win by three. Is that with what would have happened if the Chargers would have won last night? The very first thing Fred would have said, I told y'all, this is why y'all should listen to me. See? I, I, I told, every single time, I'm always right.
3: I am not. And I told you guys. Well, I appreciate that, Kevin. I did hold my tongue on that. Yes. I, did, I didn't want to glow too much. And then I, I will say, Freddie coming out, giving him that hard pass, kind yeah. of changed my tune a little bit.
1: <laughs> All right, Vinny Bonsignore, NFL Insiders next. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app.
2: Rogan and Rodney. AM 570,
1: LA Sports. I got this on the day when you were gone. I my car into the bridge. I,
0: watched, I, let it burn. I threw your stuff into a Yeah, you stage. know what it is,
3: Freddy. It's Friday. You know what happens on Friday? We don't care. Don't care. No, we don't. I Let's go. Rodney Pete Fred Rogan. On a beautiful, beautiful Friday, getting ready to be a beautiful, beautiful
1: weekend. Let's go, man. Let's go. Well, somebody's going to see the Dodgers. I'll tell you that. We've got tickets to give away every hour. We are giving away tickets oh, yeah. this hour. Yeah, man. We're going to give you the cue to call, give you an opportunity to win. Bring in our NFL insider, Benny Bonsignor. And Vinny, good afternoon to you.
0: Good afternoon and Rodney, you're not lying when you say it's a beautiful day. It's eighty four degrees and gorgeous here in Las Ooh. Vegas. It is finally Ooh. finally we're done with summer. We're moving yeah. ahead in beautiful weather.
3: It's that time where you like that's why we live in Vegas. Or that's why we live exactly. in LA or Phoenix or places like that. Where it's unbearable in the summertime, but those nine months out of the year, Vinny, mm.
0: Oh yeah. I, I'm I'm right there with you.
1: Vinny, what was your take on the game last night? Let's just get a quick overview on that, then we'll move on to other things.
0: Yeah, a couple of things. Um, when it comes to this AFC West and, and the Raiders learned this lesson the hard way, and, as did the Chargers last night, you can't turn the ball over. Uh, you know, Derek Carter, it's I know it's a cliche, but we were talking to him the other day, and he's like, you know, when it really comes down to it between good teams, it's three or four players that decide a game. And I hate
3: Oh, we lost See, Vinny. We lost Vinny. All right. He's too too All right, happy in that, in that beautiful weather in Vegas.
1: Yeah. You know what? He just committed a turnover. <laughs> and you know something? We, we know how painful those turnovers can be. <laughs> they are really painful, Benny. Yeah, but he he picked up the, the train of thought you had, Rodney. Yeah. You know, you don't get a pass. You're right. You can't turn the ball over. No participation yeah. trophy. Look, we
3: we beat, up, we beat up the best of them, right? We, we beat up... Um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks in in week one, uh, Russell Wilson included, where you know they turned the ball over inside their own, or going in to score twice. Now he didn't fumble, but it's still a lot of it is reflection on the offense and them not scoring points or taking advantage of things when they were there. Um, and and again, also in week one, we beat up on Derek Carr, we beat up on Derek Carr and his turnovers in critical situations. So why does why does Justin Herbert get a pass?
1: Vinny, does he get a pass?
0: Um, I mean, it's definitely on the quarterback, but I, I, I got to say this as well. And uh, I'm watching the game, and I'm seeing Gerald you know, tap on his uh, helmet because he needed to come out after making a nice play to get the ball down uh, into, that, uh, into that area. Somebody on the sideline gets paid to see that. Um, and, they, and they needed to – I know the, the Chargers wanted to go up-tempo to try to take advantage of the momentum and score a touchdown – but if your tight end is trying to tap out to come out of the game because he's you know uh, he's run out of breath you got to change what you're doing and either you know uh, call a timeout uh, or huddle it up and get another personnel group in there or another tight end in there but either the yeah. coaches didn't see it or they didn't care and one way or another that's on the coaches because I know you wanted to get, like I said, get up-tempo and, and then uh, start
3: like that. Job. I would say yes to do part of that, Vinny. Yes, it's on the coaches, and there is exactly someone that is looking for injuries on on every single play to let the coach, head coach know, hey, so-and-so's hurt, so-and-so's down, get the backup ready. There is a person designated for that. But also, if that in that huddle, even though they're going up-tempo, it is a job of Gerald Everett and Justin Herbert to communicate with one another, saying "I can't go," I got you. You got to get me out. Call time out. I've had it many of times where I've had a receiver either pull a hamstring or win a win a two-minute situation, or roll an ankle or whatever, and they just can't go. We got to find something else to do, even if that means you know calling a, a play to a, to the other side or someone else calling timeout if you have one, wasting a play if you have one to keep them in the game but that is also on the quarterback and that particular person involved.
0: I completely agree. The whole operation kind of failed the Chargers right there at the most critical moment. I mean, they scored that touchdown to me. They win that game. I think they win the game if they score the touchdown. Instead, not only do they not score the touchdown, going you know throwing the ball to the guy that was trying to tap out right there, it goes the other way for a 99-yard touchdown, just a back-breaking play for the Chargers, and frankly, the play of the game, the play that cost them their game and gave the Chiefs the win. All
1: right, Vinny, let's uh, flash forward now. Let's start with uh, the Rams and Falcons. Uh, are the Falcons the team that will cure what ails the Rams?
0: <laughs> yeah, I believe so. Uh, I, I, I always root for Marcus Mariota, especially getting to know him uh, here in Las Vegas, so uh, hopefully he has a, a nice game. I'm, I'm rooting for him to bounce back uh, in his career, but I think the Rams... Having some extra time off, um, you know, uh, to reflect on what happened Thursday against the Buffalo Bills, a chance to get back on the right track, and also understanding the statistics are very uh, bad for teams that go 0 and 2 to start a season. Uh, this isn't a do or die game by any stretch of the imagination, but the Rams do not want to start a season 0 and 2. No way, no how. They need to get back on the winning track, and I think that happens probably pretty easily against the uh, Falcons.
3: Hey, 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 Vinny. A lot of people speculate, right? We overreact in week one more so, that I think, than in any other week in the season. Um, a lot of people saying that Stafford is not okay, even though they may claim that it, the tendonitis and everything that's going on with his elbow during training camp is behind them. Um, what do you? What are your thoughts on that? Is he? Is he okay? Or are they hiding something that he may be not uh, even? Uh, 80 percent or 70 percent or whatever he may be but he's certainly not 100 uh,
0: percent this is starting to remind me a little bit uh rodney of the, of the todd Gurley situation um yeah, remember something happened in late game. in the 2018 season yeah and um you know and, and something when you're when you're talking about 10 to 9 is when you're talking about something that has to be managed i have a doctor that comes on my show uh here in las vegas and you know when we were talking through it, and you know when it's something that there's really no cure for it, you just have to hope that you manage it. That's usually not a good sign. Uh, the fact that they uh, the reports were uh, that they that they had a plan in place to sign Jimmy Garoppolo had he hit free agency. That's another sign that I know that the Rams love to have all their bases covered, but they're not bringing Jimmy Garoppolo in. If there's some, if there isn't some little inkling. Uh, That he might not, he might be uh, used at some point because not just because you know uh, a a quarterback could go down at any moment, but because there might be something going on with the quarterback, uh, um, um, you know, in Matthew Stafford. So I don't want to be all doom and gloom, and I hope everything works out for for for, uh, Matthew. But the the way it's being handled, the type of injury that it is, the way he played um, against the Buffalo Bills, he looked kind of awkward to me, a little bit throwing the ball. It reminds me of what was going on with Todd Gurley a little bit. So uh, I hope it doesn't go down that path because it was a slippery slope and a, and a very quick uh, descend for Todd Gurley, and you don't want that to happen to any player.
1: Yeah, but if, in fact, it does, let's say. Let's say it just that's the way it plays out. They just gave him that big contract extension, so they got to sit with him.
0: Yes, uh, exactly. And, um, you know, they, they had done the same exact thing with Todd Gurley, if you remember. I mean, it's not the same amount of money, but it was a big chunk yeah. of change that they gave Todd Gurley. So, um, and they had to eat a lot, of, a, a lot of money on that and figure out different ways to, uh, uh, to move on from it. They ultimately released him, if I remember correctly. So, you know, it's, it's, that's, the, uh, that's the business uh, that, that you're in uh, in the NFL where, where things like this could happen. We're not there yet, obviously, but you, you pose a, a great question. What happens uh, in the event that, that, that it does go in that direction? Um, well, they're going to have to figure it out, and they're definitely going to have to figure out uh, what to do at quarterback because he's supposed to be the long-range quarterback. He's not an old guy, or he's not a young player, but he's also not an old player, and you're counting on him for the next three, four years or so. Um, that could change really quickly if, if something's really wrong with that elbow.
3: Yeah, and, and but he's not their only issue, uh, Vinny. When you look at the Rams, they talked about it in the offseason. They talked about it when Whitworth retired. Offensive line, you see this being a major problem as well throughout the rest of the season.
0: Joseph Milblum definitely needs to get better. And, and Rodney, you know this as well as anybody. You're, Andrew Whitworth is a borderline Hall of Fame caliber player, all right? like, And he was playing good uh, late into his career, including last year. Those guys, th- there aren't that many dudes that can do what he did. And yeah. I don't care – who you, how hopeful you are about it, how much you try to say, hey, it's going to be okay with with the next guy up, but there aren't that many Andrew Whitworths out there. That's why they get paid the money that they do. That's why he lasted as long as they, he did. That's why he got all the accolades he did. There's a there's a big drop off between him and Joseph Nolfoom. It's not that doesn't make Joseph Nolfoom a bad guy or anything like that, but it is the reality of it. And I think that people were just kind of letting that thing just sort of. Oh, it's going to be fine. When there's no guarantee that it was going to be fine—not the kind of fine that the Raiders or that the Rams had uh, with, with a with an All-Pro caliber player year after year uh, in Andrew Whitworth. So they got to get him playing better, Joseph Noboom, and and, and even at his best, I'm not so sure that he comes close to it. An Andrew Whitworth.
1: All right, I'll ask you a question. A question about the Raiders. Same question I asked about the Rams. Uh, is Arizona the cure for what ails the Raiders?
0: I think so, you know. And I, you look at that at the uh, that, that Chargers game, you know, Derek Carr. It had been 2018 since he threw three interceptions. In spite of it, they had a chance to uh, to win that game, uh, down five with the ball, three minutes left in the game, uh, and they were the momentum had, had switched over to their side. So uh, I think the, I look at the Cardinals, and it's just um, you know when your coach starts questioning your work habits and your sense of urgency after after week one, and let's remember this is a team that's one and six. Over their last seven games, I know last year is last year, but you know they're coming off a blowout loss to the Rams in the playoffs, and start the season with a blowout blowout loss to the uh, to, to the Chiefs. Uh, this could be a pretty fragile team, and if I'm the Raiders, I want to strike hard and early uh, and see if if the, the Cardinals are ready to uh, fight or ready ready to check out. This seems like a very fragile team right now.
3: Yeah, but for both sides, Vinny, in this. Hate to say it, I don't like to use you know must wins, but this is for both teams. Arizona, who had high hopes in the NFC West, uh, and for the Raiders, this is a huge, huge game in Week Two of the season.
0: I completely agree because we were just talking earlier. You go down zero and two. I think it's like eleven percent of teams in the NFL since like the the nineties or so. Um, 11% of the teams made the playoffs after starting the season 0-2. Those aren't good odds. Uh, and you're right. These are two teams with playoff aspirations and beyond. Um, and neither one wants to, wants to go uh, 0-2. And that's why, if I'm the Raiders, I'm bracing for, look, if the, if, the, if the Cardinals have any pride at all, uh, to, to suffer that kind of a loss that they did against the Chiefs where they just did nothing, uh, and then to have the coach kind of question them after, afterwards and, and challenging them a little bit, if there's any pride whatsoever in that locker room, you got to expect that they're going to come in here and, and fight. But by the same token, the Raiders understand those odds just like everybody else. They understood they kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit against the Chargers. They're at home. They're expecting a big crowd and a crazy crowd. Uh, so it's going to be a, a, two teams that, that have a, light to, a lot to fight for and a lot to lose if they don't fight correctly.
1: All right, let's talk Dallas Cowboys here for a second. Cooper Rush will be their quarterback. Uh, Dak Prescott out. We don't know how long he is out. You know, it's funny. The more you hear about the Cowboys, the more you realize all you're hearing are words. They're not as advertised. Uh, They're they're not as good as people want you to think they are. And now what happens with Russian quarterback?
0: Oh, boy, they're in bad. They're in a bad spot. And and I think they're really being overly hopeful uh, with Dak Prescott that he's going to come back sooner than later. Um, I hope that he does because I'm a big Dak Prescott fan. But it, it, that seems like wishful thinking and especially, you know, uh, the, a hand injury. I mean, it's just like it's not – I mean, those things don't get better overnight either. We saw that with Russell Wilson last year. You know, um, he was not the same player, obviously. They tried to bring him back, but he, 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 he looked like he was just a, a fraction of himself. So even if, even if Dak miraculously comes back uh, in, in a shorter, shorter amount of time than, than many I had anticipated, Okay, he's out there, but is he Dak Prescott good? Is he an NFL caliber quarterback good? Um, I'm not so sure about that. T.D. Lamb hasn't stepped up the way uh, a lot of people had thought he would have. It, there's always something with the Cowboys. It kind of reminds me, and I'm a big Notre Dame fan, but it kind of reminds me a little bit about Notre Dame. They get over a little bit. I know I I, I shouldn't say that with Rodney on on there, but they always get a little overhyped, and everybody thinks that they're this is going to be the year, and then. The games start, and, uh, and and a lot of times for the Cowboys uh, it just doesn't look good. And, and losing your quarterback after week one, after a loss two in week one, uh, Cooper Rush, I mean, do you expect him to win you two games here, three games here? I don't see that. They, they could be looking at, you know, one and four really easily by the time Dak Prescott comes back. And, and is he going to be good enough at that point, healthy enough at that point, to be able to, uh, to dig them out of a hole that I think they're going to fall into here?
1: All right, final question. Tom Brady, Giselle drama. Uh, well, no. I mean, people are talking about it. I, I'm not sure that it impacts what he's doing or what happens on the field. But, Vinny, what do you know?
0: Yeah, that's not. I mean, obviously, we're all reading the, uh, the, the same stuff. And, and it, it feels like I, I don't even know how to say this, but it feels like, you know, Tom kind of knows what the score is here and has decided, okay, I'm still going to play. And I, I don't know what that says about the whole thing, uh, but it seems like he's making some decisions now. You know, hopefully they can hang on, and then after, you know, this season it sure seems like this is his last season, uh, and then they go on, you know, and, and live, live happily ever after. Uh, but it just sounds like she's been asking for him to stop playing for a while now, uh, and he keeps making the decision to go play, and, um, you know, at some point, you know, uh, your, your actions uh, speak louder than, than your words, and that's what he's doing. So, uh, I hope that everything works out. Let's. I hope they can hang on long enough for this thing to get turned around and uh, and they can, like I said, go live happily ever after. But I don't think it's going to affect his play. I don't think he's wired like that, to be honest with you. All right.
1: Vinny, appreciate it as always. Uh, get fired up, man. you got a home game on
0: Sunday. Yeah. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games, you guys. Oh, by the way, Ronnie USC looks great. I love We're it. We're
3: back, baby. We're back, Vinny.
0: <laughs> I think
1: so. I I absolutely agree. Next hour Rob Parker jumps on and all right, if you stayed this long, stay a little longer. Soon we'll be giving away those Dodger tickets. Oh yeah. And now another Rogan
0: and Rodney. Oh yeah. Afternoon delight. Oh yeah,
3: let's keep it going. Today's Afternoon Delight is Outside by Bryson Tiller. The song samples Ying Yang Twins' 2005 hit track, The Whisper Song, and is his first release since 2020. In a statement released along with the track, Tiller said, Outside is the polar opposite of what everyone used to be hearing from me. Normally, we release a song intended to put people deep in their feelings, but this song is anti-feelings. Again, Today's Afternoon Delight is Outside by Bryson Tiller.
1: Rodney, should we give away those Dodger tickets right now? Let's do it, baby, let's do it. All right, 866-987-2570. You wanna go see the Dodgers play the Cardinals September 25th? We are giving away a pair of tickets each and every hour, so these will be the tickets for the noon hour. Rodney, what caller number? Number eight, Ocho. Number eight, Ocho. All right, get online, you can win the Dodger tickets right now. And online is Kathy Slossman, She's the president and CEO of the L.A. Sports and Entertainment Commission. Yes, she is. Kathy, how you doing?
4: I'm good. Thanks for having me on, you guys.
3: Oh, Kathy, don't be so formal. You know we go way back. Let your hair down. How are you doing?
4: We go way, way back. (laughs) I'm just so excited to be with Rodney, the rock star from USC. There you
3: go. There you go. Kathy, you got a lot going on. I mean, uh, coming off the Super Bowl, which was... Done without a hitch, it seemed like, at least from the outside looking in. And uh, now we've got national championship games. The Olympics are coming soon. I mean, you got so much happening, Kath. Um, How do you keep it all going? Let's just, let's just start with the success of the Super Bowl last year. How did that end up for you just internally?
4: It's been so exciting. It, it was amazing. I mean, L.A. really came out and, sh- and shined. I mean, I really think that the Super Bowl was our turning moment during that COVID time. Where everybody came out, the city shined, everybody was excited, everybody participated. I mean, it didn't hurt that the Rams were in it. That certainly was helpful. But it's just really, it's a really great time in L.A. right now with, like you said, Super Bowl, college football, playoff, national championship. We've got WrestleMania next year. We've got the U.S. Open next year. We've got World Cup. We've got the Olympics. I mean, no other city has what we have over the next decade.
1: And what's it like trying to put all of this together and keep it all organized?
4: It's exhausting, Fred, <laughs> no, but it's really, it's really, really exciting because the, the most exciting thing, and I don't think people realize, they, they just think about the events, is the impact it has on the city. And so for us, it's being able to make such a great impact on the community, giving the community opportunities to participate, bringing them opportunities to get business out of these events. That, I think, has been the most exciting and rewarding for us.
3: Yeah, and you mentioned that business out of the events. When you bring big, big events, world events like like the Super Bowl, like the even college football championship, World Cup. I mean, Olympics. You had the All Star Game here as well. Um, for local businesses, Kathy, talk about the impact that 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 does for them and for the city.
4: Right, Rodney. So it's really important that our local diverse businesses get a shot at at competing for this business and getting it. And what it does for their resume when they do get it to say that they provided services, they were a caterer at the Super Bowl, they provided some other kind of services around that, really is a huge shot in the arm. So we started a program during Super Bowl called Business Connect. And Business Connect is there's 250 local diverse businesses in the event production space, that we give training and workshops to, but most importantly, we give introductions to all these big events. So when the big events come to town, they're not looking around trying to find the best and the brightest, you know, to to help fulfill what they need. We're their, uh, I hate to call it, concierge service to give them an introduction to these local diverse businesses, and that gives them an opportunity to compete for this business, which is good for the locals, it's good for the events, and it's good for our city.
1: Kathy, is the college football playoff national championship coming up Next year, so we'll have it, what, February, January?
4: January 9th, Fred.
1: Wow, that's right around the corner.
4: Yeah, I mean, what a great season, too. And I don't think what people realize is for college football, which is so exciting to be back in, in football season again, but the college football bowl season begins and ends at SoFi Stadium. It begins in December with the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, and it ends with the national championship game on January 9th.
1: Well, Kathy, thanks amazing. for coming on today, and thanks for filling us in. I, I'm glad you got five minutes because you're yeah. obviously working 24 and hours you, a day.
3: And if you need any help, Fred can is can ready mention, to roll up his what,
1: sleeves. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, can I mention, guys, one more thing just real yes. quickly. I think the most important thing that people need to remember is not just what it does for the businesses, but the legacy. And so tomorrow, USC has graciously you know, agreed and is helping us honor and recognize 23 teachers who are doing amazing things in their school sports at Sports movement and play for the kids to get them back in the classrooms. They do it on their own. We, uh, college football playoff national championship host committee, is giving them grants to further those programs. But USC is helping us recognize them on the field tomorrow. I think it's during the third quarter because those are the those are the heroes of these these events. Those are the people doing the real good work in the community, and we're happy to shine the media light from college football playoff onto our local teachers.
3: Outstanding! Oh, fantastic! Congratulations Outstanding. to all of those educators, Kathy. And thanks for joining us. Thanks, we appreciate guys. it. Thanks.
4: Thank you for your support. This is a really good thing for our community, and we appreciate it.
1: All right, Kathy, appreciate you. Kathy uh, slossman President CEO, of the LA Sports and Entertainment Commission, and our CEO of Dodger tickets at this moment is Jaime and Downey. Jaime, Jaime did it. He made Jaime the call. Did it at right Dodgers are National League West Division champs. All week, we've been giving you the chance to win tickets to see the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium Sunday, September 25th. Take it on to St. Louis Cardinals. Today is your last chance to win every hour through 6 p.m. Only one station is getting you into Dodger Stadium. It's AM 570 LA Sports. More tickets coming up next hour. Okay, the world traveler has now settled back in this country, preparing for his next performance and you'll have some thoughts on what happened with the Chargers and what to look for from the Rams. Rob Parker joins us next.